We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of BearReport.com here today in Week 10, our only Week 10 podcast with Bears insider Aaron Lemming. How was your off a week? Oh, wasn't too bad. Just uh, kind of try to enjoy not watching as much football. I know it sounds kind of weird, but I'd, outside of the Packers game and a little bit of the, I guess, the 1 o'clock games Eastern, I didn't really watch that much NFL this week. I mean, Oklahoma won, so that was cool. So this is getting kind of back into the swing of things. And the next these next two games are really big for the Bears. So it's uh, kind of getting geared back in to see what happens. Yeah, last week was a big game, too. It's disappointing for Bears fans that we're not talking about a 4-4 four four football team. But we did discuss that last week. We're not going to uh, get too much into that. Um, but they do, like you said, this, this is a big week. A Packers game, this is their first of four NFC North games. And they face a Packers team without Aaron Rodgers, but we're going to get all to that. We'll preview the game here later on in the podcast. First, uh, let's talk about uh, the injuries uh, to the Bears. Zach Miller is back in Chicago. He's had a couple more surgeries. Uh, John Fox talked about him today. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I think, you know, they've done a couple more procedures. Um, You know, I know he's real uh, happy to be back uh, in Chicago. Um, I think... I know his wife is, his family is as well. Uh, you know, they have three young children that uh, you know hadn't seen their mom or dad in, in some time. Um, so I think you know those those are enough to raise anybody's spirit. So uh, medically, he's doing well, and um, you know, I hope to get to see him possibly tomorrow. You know, I've not really seen him since uh, you know at the at the stadium in uh, New Orleans. He's still in the hospital. Uh, yes, and he'll probably be there for a little bit more time. So, yeah, good news for Zach Miller. I guess as good as it can be considering his situation. 
uh, back in Chicago. And, uh, you know, hopefully everything works out for him. At least he does, like, you know, John Fox said, got to see his kids, which is a great thing. But uh, probably seen the last of Zach Miller, which is a, a disappointing thing. Again, we talked about in the podcast last week what a great great guy he is uh but the bears are gonna have to do without him for the rest of the season to replace zach miller they bought brought up uh uh, ben broniker and put him on the active roster and i think you know broniker is a guy that uh jeff rogers uh really likes played a lot of special teams last season and uh, rogers talked about him today here's what he had to say always liked ben um you know, he's performed well. Uh, you know, as a rookie, he had a couple of negative plays, but more positive than negative. Uh, he's an offensive player with some size who can run. And, you know, with the, the style of uh, some of the roster makeup, that provides you a little bit of, of flexibility in that regard. So, um, you know, if he's active on game day, uh, he'll certainly have a role on uh, fourth down. So, yeah, Rogers definitely a fan of Broniker. What were your, uh, your thoughts on, uh, you know, him getting the call? You know, I think it, it definitely makes sense, and, and especially with Zach Miller being done. I mean, there's really no other way around that. And I think right now I, it may not be a popular uh, thought, I guess you could say, but I don't think Deion Sims is really locked into a roster spot next year. And I, I think, you know, especially with having Broniker up now, you got Daniel Brown and uh, Adam Shaheen. I mean, you got three young guys. I think Daniel Brown's in his second or third year, Broniker's in his second, and Shaheen's a rookie. So, I mean, you got a pretty, pretty young, and I'd say somewhat talented uh, tight end group right there, and I, I just, I, it definitely makes sense. I do think it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out because I think what'll probably happen is Broniker will take the majority of the special teams reps, which will be fine, and I think you're going to see more of Daniel Brown on the field. And when I say more Daniel Brown on the field, I think we're going to see more Daniel Brown than we are uh, Adam Shaheen, at least for the, the first little bit. I mean, it all depends, and we'll get to the injuries a little bit later, and we'll talk more about that. But it's going to be very interesting to see how they split these reps. Obviously, Shaheen's a the guy they spent a second-round pick on, uh, and he's going to be their future number one tight end, or at least they hope so. But Daniel Brown's a guy who showed some stuff last year, and he really hasn't been on the field all that much this year, and he's kind of the same type of tight end that uh, Zach Miller is. So I think this could be a good opportunity for him, and they could find a nice one-two punch. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all. No, I, I agree. and, and I mean, we can, we can discuss it right now. Deion Sims is, is dealing with an illness and hasn't uh, practiced the last couple of days, so his status is uh, way up in the air for this week's game. I mean, all of a sudden you go from tight end being one of the uh, deepest positions on the roster to not having your top two guys, but um, it will be interesting to see what they can do with Shaheen and with Brown. I agree. I I think Broniker is is mainly going to be used uh, on special teams. He might be able to provide a boost in that area but I think on offense they'll be relying on Brown and Shaheen and I think both guys like you said both guys have some potential I mean we saw uh, at least I did and you saw a little bit in during camp and in in the preseason on what he is capable of and the hands that he has and really you know he was 19 snaps in each of the last three games only getting about a third of the snaps on offense I'd say that you know it's probably going to double now um with the with those starters out so we're gonna really get a really good look at him as a pass catcher but also as a run blocker i did some some all 22 work at, at bearreport.com this week uh and you know he's got a lot of work in that area and i think that's an area where zach it hurts the bears a lot i mean everybody talks about what zach miller brings as a pass catcher but he's a very underrated run blocker and, and served a number of different roles and i don't think adam shaheen nor daniel brown 
uh, is as versatile as Zach Miller. So, uh, you know, it will be interesting to see what they do and how they use both of those guys. But I think, like you mentioned with Daniel Brown, you know, we're not talking about a, a rookie here, a guy with no experience. I mean, this is a fourth year, or I'm sorry, fifth year player. Um, no, fourth year player who uh, had 16 catches for 124 yards last season. So uh, one touchdown, uh, you know, has some experience, converted wide receiver. I, you know, I think there is some potential there. And he was just so buried on the depth chart that he was never going to get out on the field. Now he's going to have an opportunity. What do you think? I think so. I, I really, I, and it's, I think it's telling uh, that last week when Zach Miller went out, who was the first guy in the game? It was Daniel Brown. I, I think that True. says a lot about where the, where the coaching staff at least sees him or who they're comfortable with right now. I don't think that's any uh, you know, real thing in the future, but I think at least for the time being, I think Daniel Brown is probably going to get the, the first shot at the majority of those pass-catching uh, reps, you know, or whatever that may be. Because, I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, Deion Sims has not been good. I mean, he's he's dropped multiple balls. Uh, he just doesn't look very good, and I think he's more of a blocker, and that's fine. But they they need to figure out who's going to be the pass catching tight end because you look at the receivers, and we'll get into that a little bit later uh, of who they're going to have. But I mean, it's it's not remotely impressive. I mean, it's still bottom, I'd say bottom five in the league. So you, you're going to need some some production out of these uh, these tight ends, and especially in the red zone. I think that's a big thing right now because the Bears have had opportunities where. They have, you know, they've had the ball within the red zone and they haven't been able to score touchdowns. And I feel like they're not using the receivers enough or their tight ends enough right now. And I think uh, Daniel Brown's not a huge guy. Uh, I mean, he's he's big enough, but I think this is where we're going to see kind of uh, maybe you know, roles, I guess you could say, where Daniel Brown's probably going to take the majority of. Um, you know, in between the 20s type roles. And I think uh, Adam Shaheen needs to be one of those guys that's that is featured more in the red zone and, you know, just kind of let him progress. I mean, he's a division two guy, uh, maybe divi- it's division two or division three. I can't even remember, but small school guy from Ashland. Uh, and, you know, you watched him last year and I, I think we both kind of agreed. I mean, he, it's going to take some time, especially from a physicality standpoint. I mean, he looked like a grown man versus toddlers out there. And I think he's, you know, the speed of the game and everything about it's a little different. So I think people need to continue to be patient with uh, Shaheen, but I also think that this is valuable time for Daniel Brown because he still has another year left of control with the bears, uh, you know, cheap control before he actually hits the free agent market. So this is, this is a big eight games for both of these guys, but especially for a guy like Daniel Brown. Well, it's also going to be up to Dow Loggins, like you said, to figure out what their roles are going to be and, and use them in their best ability. I think it will help, if Deion Sims is out there, he hasn't been as productive as we would like. And I think you're right. I, I don't think he's he's a, a guarantee for a roster spot at all. Isn't the, the vast majority of his guaranteed money is this year, right? Yeah, yeah. He's pretty much, I think he had $6 million guaranteed, and that's all out the window. I think they can save, they may have a little bit of dead money, but they can still save over $5 million if they cut him. Yeah, yeah, it's really nothing. The dead money is really nothing with Deion Sims. So I don't think he's lived up to the expectations. And I think right now, you're right, we are uh, going to get a good audition, and it's some good playing time for both those young guys. Uh, and, you know, you have to think that's going to be a good thing for Shaheen. And I'm not talking about just as a pass catcher. Again, I, I would like to see development uh from him as a run blocker because they're going to need him in that role, especially if Sims doesn't play this week. Speaking of guys who aren't going to play this week, Bears had three starters uh, on the uh, uh, injury report today and yesterday who did not practice. That includes Sims. Uh, it includes Bryce Callahan, who I've always considered a starter uh, at, at the nickelback position. And then Danny Trevathan, which is the most concerning one. He has a calf injury. 
And as anybody who's been paying attention knows, Trevathan has been outside of Akeem Hicks and potentially Leonard Floyd, one of the best play, arguably the best player on one of the hottest defense in, defenses in the NFL. Uh, even it, without Aaron Rodgers, you'd love to have Danny Trevathan out there. What's I mean, what's the impact going to be there? And do you, you think Kwiatkowski is ready to fill in that role now? Yeah, I think looking at the situation, I mean, obviously it's one of those things where Trevathan's been one of their three, like you said, one of the three best players on defense. Now, I think it's a little bit different just because you have a guy in Trevathan who's been playing really well, but you also don't want to rush him out there with a calf injury. I think really the only, you know, with a calf strain, assuming that's really just a calf strain, who knows John Fox at this point, but assuming that it is just something somewhat minor, it almost seems like it may be worth resting him this week to have him for those final seven weeks because you don't want him to go out and overdo it. It's supposed to, at least when I looked at the forecast, I think it was yesterday, it was projected to be uh, low 40s, high 30s, raining, possibly snow. Um, that's not really an environment conducive to a guy that has a has a strained muscle. So I think when you really look at it, I, I think if you know if this is the only week he's going to be out, I think they can they could survive, especially with what the Packers' offenses look like now. With that being said, I think they're in a better position than they were against Minnesota when Trevathan went out, and here's why. I think you know obviously uh, John Timu was was starting, he making the play calls for the defense, all that stuff, and then he went out and things kind of went downhill because they had Christian Jones and Jonathan Anderson. Now they have Christian Jones that's still there, but the big thing, like you said, is they have Nick Kwiatkowski, and Kwiatkowski was a guy who was calling the plays on defense in Week Two before he had that uh, the pec tear and he went out. So I think it. I think this is actually this could be a good thing because you can kind of get an idea where both Kwiatkowski and Jones are. I think they're a little bit different of running backs. I think or running backs, sorry, linebackers. And I think that Jones is kind of more one of those guys that you can rely on to maybe blitz a little bit more. And he's also somebody who's a little bit uh, better in coverage. But I think Nick, Nick Kwiatkowski is more their future. I mean, he's a little bit younger. He was a draft pick. Uh, they still have control over him uh but it's kind of hard right now to justify taking jones out so at least if trevathan's not there you can have a, a decent rotation you have two guys who can make the play call so it's not going to be like uh you know relying on jones to do it or jonathan anderson who last i checked i think he's back on the practice squad anyway so i i mean it's definitely going to hurt but if this is a kind of i mean if this is a game uh you know if there's any game left on the uh, you know the rest of the schedule especially this crucial of a game i think you can afford to have Trevathan out for one week as long as that means having him for the next seven. Well, and when Kwiatkowski has been out there, he obviously, we've talked about this, he obviously has some limitations, but he's he, he's made a lot of plays. And you know, he's a downhill player who, against a Packers team that's going to want to run the football with the way that Brett Hundley has played, I think Kwiatkowski is actually, I'm not saying he's a better option than Trevathan because Trevathan has been playing out of his mind, but I think Kwiatkowski actually brings the type of defense, uh, the the style that could, could help stymie that run game and force the ball into Brett Hundley's hands, which is really what the Bears would love to do. So it's it, it's one of their deeper positions. And you mentioned uh, the way uh, Christian Jones has been playing. I, I really think that he's probably the most improved player on this team and has really settled into that inside linebacker position. If this was a couple years ago, I think the Bears would be really in a tough spot with a, without Trevathan and, and, and don't forget, you know, Jarrell Freeman. Uh, but with the way that Jones has played, I, I don't think it's going to hurt as much as it would in the past. And having Kwiatkowski alongside of him with the way that he's played, uh, definitely going to help. I actually think 
potentially uh, not having Bryce Chalhan out there uh, could hurt them the most. I know Craven LeBlanc would probably slide into the slot, but Callahan's one of the better nickelbacks in the NFL, and losing uh, you know his caliber of players, you know, it, it would hurt a lot more if Aaron Rodgers was out there. But it's still, you know, he's a guy who can lock up uh, in the slot and you know shut guys down. So Callahan being out, Sherrick McManus is still out with a hamstring injury that hurts uh, the special team. So. All those guys have not practiced. We'll see if they get back to practice here tomorrow. Uh, but if not, they're probably not going to play this week. Uh, one other thing, Kyle Long limited the last couple of days with a finger injury. I do think he probably will play, though, uh, given his toughness. But the big news, big news, buddy. Marcus Wheaton practiced in full today. I know he's your favorite Bears player. Are you, are you as excited as I think you are about this? Yeah, I mean, Super Bowl Bears. I mean, they, <laughs> they got the guys. They got the band back together. They're going to add Dontrell M into the mix, and this is all of a sudden going to be a top three receiving unit in the NFL for the final eight games. No, I'm just kidding. No, this is – I mean, dude, the, the guy hasn't made a catch. Uh, I'm fine with it. I think he has one cool. catch, one catch, actually. Does he? Yeah, yeah I think okay. he, did, he did pull in one. He dropped that, uh, probably five times as many, but yeah, one cut. Yeah, yeah I don't know who's counting on that? But right. you know, I, I think. Oh man, I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting eight games because you got another guy, like I said about Deion Sims. I'm gonna say the same thing, but much more confidently about Marcus Wheaton and the fact that he is playing for his job next year. He's got one more uh, one more year left on this deal. I think it's right around five and a half million. And quite frankly, up to this point, he has not played to even earn a vet minimum contract. So I think he's going to be one of those guys that needs to come out and play well. And he's somebody who can stretch the field. So it's like you get Dontrell Inman, uh, and it sounds like he's kind of settled into the offense. You have uh, Kendall Wright, who I think should be playing more. I understand he's just a slot guy, but figure out a way to use him. And Trey McBride hasn't been playing bad, but I think really what this does uh, with Wheaton is I think it's going to push to where Tanner Gentry is either A, going to not see any snaps except for special teams, or he's simply going to be inactive. And quite frankly, at this point, from what we've both seen from him, I mean, the dude can't separate. I mean, it's just that simple. So it's kind of one of those you're weighing it right now. It's like, do you have a guy that can run really fast in a straight line and probably not catch the ball, or do you have a guy that can't separate? I don't know which is the better one, but... At this point, you're paying one guy five and a half million dollars to do a job, so I guess you might as well see if, if it's going to work, and hopefully it does. I mean, he yeah. he wasn't bad coming out of Oregon State. He had some decent games. Uh, well, actually, I'd say probably a decent year. I think it was like 2015 with the Steelers. I mean, he he's shown flashes, but it's hard for somebody to stay remotely consistent when he can't stay on the field. So hopefully, we'll at least see what he has for eight games to. My concern is I don't want the Bears coaching staff to look at this guy or you know even Ryan Pace and say, well, we didn't really get to see much of him last year, so we're going to bring him back for this year. It's like you either figure out if you want the guy or not. So I guess in that in that regard, I'm, I'm glad, but I'm not expecting anything from him. Well, I think you bring up a good point with Tanner Gentry, who really had no impact in the last few games as a starter. Uh, you know, it was a guy who made a lot of plays in, in uh, training camp. And, uh, you know, one of those training camp superstars who just doesn't really pan out in the regular season. Got open a few times. Trubisky missed him a couple of times, but really did not have the type of impact that the Bears wanted from him. And I think you're right. He's probably the odd man out here. It's going to be interesting to see what the Bears are going to do because uh, Dow Loggins, the offensive coordinator, talked this week about how uh, the inability to, to, to push a ball down the field has impacted the offense negatively in multiple different ways. You and I have talked about this, talked about these things. Uh, you know, the, it's it's impacted the run game. Defenses are stacking the box. They're coming after Trubisky and third and long, which seems like every drive 
So I think when you bring in Inman, you bring in Marcus Sweet and maybe you get uh, a few more options, downfield options for Trubisky, who really hasn't had those options. I did the the all 22 work last week. No one was getting open. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that Marcus Sweeten or Dontrell Inman are the, are the saviors here, but at least they, they have some experience, they've had some success, and they bring a different skill set to the offense. All those things can't hurt because what's been going on over the past few weeks has really been horrible. And, uh, you know, when, you, when you're doing worse than what Mike Lennon was doing, you know things aren't going in the right direction. I did want to address a player who we will not see play uh, on Sunday for the Green Bay Packers because he's now a member of the New England Patriots and he was a former player uh, for the Chicago Bears and that's Martellus Bennett who was healthy the, the entire season. They go into the bye week, comes back with a strange shoulder injury and there seemed to be some type of discrepancy as to how he uh, got that shoulder injury. Very very cryptic up there in Green Bay about it, but they waved his ass, and he's gone. And uh, Green Bay picked him up off of waivers, and I, I it doesn't surprise me, uh, given that not only was he a disappointment on the field, but uh, just knowing Martellus Bennett, he has a way about him uh, that... that um, can put a lot of people off, and I think you know he, he did it in Chicago. He he forced his way out uh, here, and he's done it again in Green Bay. I think Martellus Bennett does a lot of good things. Um, I know he has the Imagination Agency. I know he's part of uh, the the Bennett Foundation, which is mostly Michael Bennett, but he, he plays a role in that as well. I'm not saying Martellus Bennett's a bad person, but I think he's just here's another guy who's, you know, now he's on, what, his fifth team? Well, going back to uh, the fourth team, but, you know, on his fifth different location. And, uh, you know, you have to wonder after the, after he wins another Super Bowl <laughs> with the Patriots to see if we'll ever see him again, because he said earlier this year he doesn't, he was probably going to retire does this, I mean, he hadn't done anything up to this point. Does having Bennett out there have any type of impact on this game? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I've watched, I've watched Hunley, the, the really, I mean, well, I won't say the, the first game because the Bears are playing, but I've watched the last two games and I just, dude, this offense is bad. I mean, there's just really no way around it. And I, I don't think having him out there or whatever it may be is going to make much of a difference. What I will say though is that, this actually is – I mean, he the Packers were his fifth team because he had the Cowboys, the Giants, the Bears. Then uh, he went yeah, to the Patriots. And then, yeah, so, I mean, this is a dude that just – almost like a Brandon Marshall. He can't wear out his welcome. Now, right. the thing that I was thinking about the other day is – and this is just hilarious to me, and this just kind of speaks to the – just the complete chaos that – Phil Emery tried building. Now you have a guy like Brandon Marshall who it seems like anywhere he goes, somehow teams just fall apart and he ends up you know, losing his mind. I mean, the Giants, I'm not saying it's all his fault, but it just seems he's never been in the playoffs. And you have a guy like Martellus Bennett who always just, I mean, he can't stay with the team more than a few years. And then you had a guy like just a guy like Mark Tressman, who was the head coach, who would address people from the back of the room that was doing all this just, just really cowardice stuff. And it's like, you wonder how it took so long to blow up in the first place. And then you had, I'm not saying that Jay Cutler was a problem. I'm just saying Jay Cutler, you know, he has a strong personality, you know, kind of a polarizing guy. It's like, man, there were so many different personalities in that locker room led by just Mark well, that, Tressman. That was by far the most entertaining season I've ever had. One of the worst seasons as far as a, 
<clears throat> being a Bears fan and you know uh, not meeting expectations, I mean that was just a, a total tire fire. But that was the most entertaining, the most fun <laughs> I've ever had watching that team spiral out of control because they really. You know, I don't. I don't want to. I, I hate to use the term, but you know, you, they they let the wrong people uh, lead that team. And like you said, when you when you have Martellus Bennett, Jay Cutler, and and Brandon Marshall <laughs> running the show, it's gonna. You know, they're gonna drive that bus right off the cliff. And that's exactly what happened. As Mark Tressman <laughs> was in the back of the bus reading a book and not paying attention. I don't know what he was doing, but yeah, that was that was crazy. And that's funny. Yeah, how you wonder why it took him so long. Uh, I did want to address one more thing before we start talking about um, the the actual Packers game, and that's Jordan Howard, and he's on a pace right now to break some Bears records. Right now he has uh, 1,975 rushing yards through his first year and a half. The two-year record, franchise record, combined, you know, full two years, so that, that doesn't count another eight games that Howard has to go is only set by Matt Forte, which was 2,167 yards. So basically, Howard needs 200 more yards, and he's going to break the franchise record for rushing yards within his first two seasons if he breaks 1,000 yards. Now, again, all this is all (laughs) if he can stay healthy, but if he does, he's on pace to break 1,000 yards. If he does break 1,000 yards this year, he will become the first uh, Bears player all time to ever rush for more than a thousand yards in both of his uh, first two seasons. I mean, we're talking about a franchise that had Gale Sayers, that had Walter Payton, Matt Forte, uh, Rick Caceres. I mean, these were some of the the heavyweights at the position, and and Jordan Howard is going to outdo do them all in his first couple of seasons. Uh, you wonder. He had over 250 carries last year. I think he's he's on pace for well over 300 yards he did average over five yards to carry that last year but that's drawn down are we talking about these records as um, an indication of what he's been able to do individually or at what the offense has been able to do or is this just a matter of they've had to lean on him the last couple of years and there's a good uh, possibility that he's going to wear out pretty soon you know, I think when you when you look at this year, I think they've ran the ball a crazy amount of times. Um, but, I mean, going back to last year, I, I can remember there being multiple times where I'm advocating for them to run the ball more because it seemed like they're throwing the ball too much. So I think last year he had an outstanding year. I think this year he's also having a good year. I was actually talking to a buddy about this the other day. It's like, dude, he's just like kind of flown under the radar. Like, he's fifth in rushing right now. I don't, I, You know, a lot of people don't, don't really realize that. Like, he's got... It's a little over 600 yards. I mean, he's on pace to be right about 1,300 yards for the year again. And obviously the yard per carry is down a little bit. Um, but I think a lot of what he's done has been on him because a lot of that's yard after contact. And I'm not saying the offensive line hasn't been good. But, I mean, the the ability for him to be so patient, to be able to break through holes and do what he's doing, get yards after contact. Uh, I think he was a little bit more physical last year than he was this year. Um, but it's, I, I think a lot of people overlook him because he's not a very good receiver. He's an okay, uh, pass blocker, you know, whatever it may be. But I mean, this is somebody who is just kind of secretly flown under the radar. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Zeke Elliott was kind of the guy last year. This year is all about Leonard Fournette and, and, uh, and Kareem Hunt. So I think, you know, but uh, when you actually look at what he's done and how consistent he's been, I think it's very impressive. And the crazy thing is he just, what, he just turned 22, I want to say, 22 23. or 23. I mean, he's still really young. And 
I don't think they're – I think if they keep going on the pace they're going right now, I'd be a little concerned about them maybe overusing them or overusing him. But I think – I mean when you really look at like his his rushes this year and last year and you combine them at the end of the year, I don't think it's going to be anything overly crazy. Now, with that being said, at some point in time, Loggins has got to figure out a way to start using uh, Tariq Cohen a little bit more. I really do think that. But it's been very impressive what he's done. I think the Bears tweeted out – I think it was yesterday something about – that Jordan Howard has it was the first running back in Bears history to reach I think it was 10 100 yard games in less than 28 games outside of Walter Payton I think it was something crazy but mm-hmm. I mean that just kind of shows you like the Bears have had a huge history with running backs I mean that you know for a lot of teams like the Packers with quarterbacks and all these you know these different teams with whatever positions the Bears have always been known for good defenses and good running backs. I mean, they've had legendary running backs, and the fact that Jordan Howard's been able to do what he's doing, it's just it's really impressive. Yeah, he's uh, 662 yards through the first half of the season. If he just doubles that, that's going to be, uh, you know, to do the math, well over 1,200, well, well right, right over 1,300 yards, right? Is that the math I'm, I'm, I'm doing? Yeah, yeah, it'd be like 1,300, right about 1,330, something. something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, either way, as you can tell, we're both math. Yeah, <laughs> this is why I write for a living. But, uh, you know, that's impressive. Two back-to-back 1,300 seasons to start your campaign, assuming you can stay healthy. The, the one issue I have is he's just on pace for, right now, 162 uh, attempts. So that's, you know, again, 324 uh, carries. Which would be almost seventy-five more than he had last season. Uh, I don't think you want to continue. I mean, I understand that you've been in a position uh, with this horrid passing attack. You've had to do what you had to do, uh, but I don't think that's a pace that you want to continue beyond this season. Do what you have to do right now to get it get through. Uh, but you got to make sure that Jordan Howard is your bell tower. Like you said, twenty-three years old. He could continue to do this for six, seven more years. That would be huge for this offense. But if he starts getting injured and worn down, and you know, starts looking like a, a you know fifty-five year old when he's only twenty-six, that's not going to help anybody. So, uh, I, you know, I think there's definitely just they need to be aware of it as they move forward and 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 make sure that they're doing the right thing with him. So, you want to talk about Patrick's? Yeah, just just quickly, real quick, just to kind of give a little bit of perspective. He's third in the league in rushing attempts right now, uh, behind Le'Veon Bell at 194 and Ezekiel Elliott at 191. So he's about 30 behind both of those guys. So and they've all played the same amount of games. So I, I I think maybe we're focusing on it a lot just because the Bears can't pass the ball to save their lives right now. Um, but I, I do agree. I, I mean, you can't you can't have a guy rushing. 325 times a year and expect that to work out yeah and you know he did have a little bit of injury history in in uh college so uh you you just you know already with a shoulder injury earlier this year i'm just saying monitor it don't don't take him for granted and wear him out early let's talk about this packers team aaron Rodgers, broken collarbone not sure if he'll be done for the season, but won't play in this game. Brett Hundley. He's, he's done for the season. He's, there's no way the Packers are going to be in contention by the time he's ready to come oh, back. Oh, okay. Their right. season is over. And why do you say that? Because have you have you seen them? They they no. are they are probably a bottom. I'd say bottom five to seventeen without Aaron Rodgers. They are bad, and I'm not just saying this because of the Packers. They are bad. They're a bad football team without Aaron Rodgers. Welcome to dealing with a crappy quarterback or having a below-average quarterback. That's the only thing that's been saving this roster. Well, and defensively, there I'm looking at the numbers right now. Uh, 25th total 
uh, defense, 24th in yards per play, uh, 22nd in points per game, 23rd against the run, 20th against the pass. So, uh, you know, that's not obviously, I mean, and here's the thing, when when you have Aaron Rodgers, you can overcome that, and they've proven that for many, many years. They did that with Brett Favre uh, for, for decades, for over a decade before that, but when you don't, when you just have an average quarterback, you and you don't have any type of running back or any stable uh, running back situation, and you have a defense that's not stepping up. Their special teams have never been great. You know, ask any Packers fan; they'll complain about the special teams. Uh, this, yes, this is what it's like to have an. This is what it's like, Packers fans, to be in the situation that uh, Bears fans have found themselves many years before. Brett Hunt. No, I have not had an opportunity to see him. I was able to take a vacation this week during the bye week. Did not watch any football like you, and have been working the last couple of Sundays. So I no, I haven't seen him. But you look at the numbers, and they are not good. I'm going to pull these up right now. Right now, in two plus games, basically played. Uh, that the entirety of that game that that uh, Favre went, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Rogers went out uh, through three interceptions in that game. Did throw a touchdown, but hasn't thrown a touchdown since. Uh, one total touchdown with four interceptions, a 58.3 passer rating, completing uh, a, a completion percentage of 58.8. Uh, he can run the ball a little bit, uh, but. Overall, it's not going well for this passing offense, and and you know you look at at what uh, it's done to the passing attack. Jordy Nelson in the last three games has five catches for forty eight yards. I mean that we're talking about a guy who was like a guarantee for like eighty yards and a touchdown every single game, um, you know, and they just haven't had that chemistry. And you've seen him up close, so why don't you tell me what's been going on with this offense? Is 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 he just a bad? Are the are the Packers in the same boat as where the Bears were or possibly are with a quarterback who just can't get it together? Well, I think you look at it, and I'm not, I'm not going to say that Brett Hundley's bad because I think it's way too early to say that. I think he's shown some signs. I mean, just, just in that Detroit game alone, I'll just kind of speak on that. I mean, they had a good drive where they went down and they had an opportunity to get a field goal, and it just simply didn't happen. And But the issue, the issue with Hundley is, is that he – he, and this, he was the same way at UCLA. I mean, he was somebody that I, I watched a lot of before he came out in the draft. And he's always been turnover prone, and he makes very weird decisions. Now, he's got some mobility, which, I mean, cool, whatever. But the issue right now is the fact that the the Packers receivers, they, they have a good group of receivers. But, the you know, Aaron Rodgers created so much in that offense that so many people don't know. I'm not saying they have a bad offensive line, but their their offensive line's a little banged up. Brian Bulaga tore his ACL; he's gone for the year, so he's out. Uh, and it, they just—it's just been a revolving door there. And, and Hundley's not getting a lot of time. And what I noticed, at least this last week with the, with Detroit, is they keyed in on the run. They basically challenged him to throw the ball, kind of like basically what the Bears' offense has been seeing all year from opposing defenses. And they shut down uh, Aaron Jones, a rookie who's been playing really well. Ty Montgomery really didn't look that good either. But as far as, as Hunley goes, he doesn't have an overly strong arm. He's not overly accurate. He likes to make mistakes if you put him in that kind of position. And I think just overall you see how much value that Aaron Rodgers had to this offense. And like I say, I'm not. this isn't me trying to crap on Hunley and say he's bad or anything like that. It's going to take him a little bit. But 
he's nowhere near the level Aaron Rodgers, which isn't saying anything because not many players are. But you just see the the huge drop off, and I think where it affects it the most is with the Packers defense because the Packers don't have a good defense. I mean, they have some good players. Morgan Burnett's going to be out. That's another big loss for them. Uh, but I mean, you look at the especially the corners have been kind of questionable. Uh, they have a pretty good uh, defensive line. Their linebackers are okay, passers is okay, whatever it may be. But the problem is, is now you're starting to see an offense that used to carry the whole entire team. Really, Aaron Rodgers carried the whole entire team, and now you're seeing to where the 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 defense is having to be put in positions where they're having to be relied upon, and they just they simply cannot do it. And I mean, the Lions came in the game. They weren't playing overly well. I think they lost like three or four in a row, something like that. I mean, they they weren't playing good football at all, and they really didn't look that good. They still had a ton of red zone issues, and they still couldn't really get the ball in the end zone in the red zone, and they were still able to win. I mean, it was one of those games. You look at Brett Hundley's numbers, and you know, ultimately he had over, I think it was over 200 yards passing, but uh, this is like close to 100 of that came in the last few minutes of the game, the garbage time where they either went down and tried scoring and couldn't or on that last drive when they went down and scored. So the Bears defense has been playing really well. I think this is a really good matchup for them. If it was me, I would sack the box, challenge him to run the ball and, you know, challenge Brett Hundley to, or start more of the point, challenge Brett Hundley to beat you because I just don't think it's going to happen. These receivers aren't the same with Aaron Rodgers back there, creating five, six, seven seconds at a time, being able to move. Uh, Hunley's mobile, but he's not deceptive like Rodgers. So I just I think this is a really good matchup. But at the same time, this is your typical John Fox trap game down to a T. So do you feel good about it or not? Well, I think I, I honestly think the Bears should win. I, I mean, I don't even think it really should be a close game, but we're talking about a team in the Bears that have come out the last two bye weeks. They got blown out last year when it looked like they were kind of trying to get things turned around. They got blown out Tampa Bay. The year before that, they lost, what, 23-20 to 20 against the Vikings on a last-second field goal. It just seems like the last two bye weeks with John Fox, they've come out unprepared. So, I, on paper, uh, I mean, the Bears are favored by five and a half points. I think the Bears... They've been playing a lot better this year. I think it's a different team. If I had to guess, I would say that they're going to win. But this is also something I've seen a lot of Bears fans like overly confident. Like, just remember, this is still the Bears. This is still the Packers. The Packers somehow find ways to beat the Bears all the time. Even when uh, Aaron Rodgers went down in that game, was it 2014 or 13 under Tressman? And, uh, you know, he went down when the first series of the game. And even with, I can't even remember, I think it was like Seneca Wallace was playing quarterback for him. And the Bears still made the game close. So, even when it seems like the Bears have all the upper hands that you would possibly need, it still ends up being a close game. So I'm just saying don't take anything for granted. Well, the Bears do have the upper hand here in a number of different ways because Hunley is running into a buzzsaw here that is the Bears' defense. Uh, they are right now tied for second. Uh, over, I'm sorry, over the last 13 quarters of play, tied for second of fumble recoveries, second in interception return for TDs, third in interception return yards fourth and third and out percentage and since week five they have 14 sacks which is third most in the nfl floyd hicks and mcphee mcphee each have uh, more than four sacks so they're getting it off the edge and up the middle uh this is a secondary that's been very opportunistic my kyle fuller has played exceptional the back end has been very great with eddie jackson and adrian amos i think you can put Amos at or near the box throughout this entire game to help shut down that rushing attack because that's really that's your recipe for success i mean uh, if you i think last week uh jones and montgomery had five rushes apiece 
because, it, correct me if I'm wrong, that game got out of hand early and forced the ball into Brett Hundley's hands, and I think that's a, that's what you got to do. You, you got to shut, make sure that those guys don't beat you because on occasion Montgomery has had some very strong games and has looked very good against the Bears in the past, and Jones is a an explosive rookie who can who can really beat you on any play. So uh, keep, them, keep those guys limited and force the ball into Brett Hundley's hands. And like you mentioned before, then you have a situation that the Bears have been dealing with all year on offense, and we've seen how that's drawn. So uh, that's, again, it's a, it's a recipe for success. Follow it and just hope that, you know, you know, for the state Bears fans, hope that your crappy offense can beat their crappy out crap their offense. You know what I mean? Because I think it's going to be one. I think it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be ugly. Like you said, the weather's not supposed to be very good. Uh, you know, but again, but the Bears have have the have the advantage just in the fact that the Packers are coming off a short week. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I you know, like you said, the Packers always do find a way to make it close at the very least. But, uh, you know, uh, really on paper, this is a game that the Bears should win. And uh, if they can get anything going in the passing attack and exploit a defense that's been uh, subpar all year, I think they really have an opportunity. Well, speaking of, you know, getting the passing attack going, I mean, this is the worst defense that the Bears have faced all year. I mean, sorry, at least with Trubisky. Uh, playing quarterback, so I think this is something that the Bears can go out and they can they can exploit. I mean, you already read off the numbers: they're 25th in overall defense and 20th against the pass, 22nd in overall points. So you look at that; they're giving up 23 points a game. The Bears have not been scoring anywhere near that. But I think this is a situation where the Bears can control almost any game with a run game in general because they have such a good run game. But I think this is a situation where. You got Ha Ha Clinton Dix, uh, who's a very good safety, and you have Kevin King, who's their rookie corner out of Washington. I think they got him in the second round, and he's been playing pretty well, and he's been he's been playing better as the year has progressed. But outside of that, you got Devon House. Uh, you know, like I said, Morgan Burnett's going to be out. Uh, you you just there's there's a lot of weak areas within the Packers secondary because they've missed so much in the draft over the last few years and really haven't done much to replenish talent to where you can go after these guys. And I think that's really the biggest thing right now. And looking at it. Uh, the Packers have just 13 sacks. So you, you look at that, and a lot of that came in the beginning of the year. They really haven't been getting much pressure on quarterbacks lately. And I think that's really a big thing. And I think this is something I understand. It's going to be cold. It's probably not going to be the best of weather. But I think this is the kind of game, if you're John Fox, if you're Dow Loggins, that you've got to look at it and you say, this is the game that we're going to try to exploit the Packers' defense. And we're going to try to throw the ball. And we're going to try to do everything we can to get Trubisky going. Because here's the thing. Even if he turns the ball over once or twice – Maybe the offense doesn't get moving, or maybe the the passing offense as a whole isn't really doing that well. I don't think it's going to be a dire position where you know they have to play mistake free like they did against uh, the Saints last week. I think it's going to be a situation where they're going to be able to play not very good football and still probably come out and win the game if they do some things right. So I think this is the kind of situation that's a must win game for Fox, in my opinion. I think. You look at John Fox as a whole, we've talked about it, he's probably on the hot seat. I think he's firmly on the hot seat, but these are the kind of games that define. I mean, define a season, define a you know a kind of a career, I guess, for John Fox, especially with the Bears. I mean, you look at it, the next two games, if they win the next two games, the Bears will be in second place due to tiebreakers. They'll have a tiebreaker over Green Bay because of the division record. They'll have a tiebreaker 
over the Lions because they beat them and that was the head-to-head matchup. So, I mean, they all they got to do is win two games on, you know, at home. I'm saying all they have to do. I mean, they're both divisional games, but the point being is this is a big stretch for the Bears. And I'm not saying just because, you know, they need to get in the playoffs or whatever it is, but these are the kind of games that John Fox has to win, especially against a Packers team who does not have Aaron Rodgers. That's banged up on both sides of the ball. They just cut Martellus Bennett because he was being Martellus Bennett. I mean, this is a team that is down on itself that has played absolutely awful. Awful. They're they they they've lost the last three games. I mean, they just have not played well. So this is a game that the Bears have to win, and it's not they have to win to save their season. They have to they have to win because John Fox needs to somehow save his job. So this is this is big, and it and it favors the Bears in a lot of ways. But like I said, just because it's the Packers, I'm not overly confident. And historically, John Fox has struggled against the Packers. His career against the Packers is three and eight. His career against Mike McCarthy as a head coach is two and six. So. You know, he has, does not have a history of success in these contests. And like you said, if he want, you know, that, that seat can't get any hotter. And I think you're probably going to have to win seven games to even contemplate keeping your job. And even then, if you win seven games, you might not even make the playoffs like Lovey did back in 2012. So, you know, I, this is where you got to start. I think you're right. Start with the Packers and you take it one game at a time and we go from here. The Bears have been playing good football over the past month and even their two losses could have been two wins so uh you know this is a game that on paper they should be able to win let's do your prediction well i you know i'm, I'm gonna take the bears just just because but oh man that's I, i'm gonna go ahead and say i'm gonna go out on a limb and i'm gonna say that the bears are gonna beat the packers 24 to 7 all right so sorry 24 to 10 we'll go 24 to 10 just give them 10 points the bears defense have been playing really well but I think this is a game where the Bears are actually going to come out and they're going to play a complete game. I think Trubisky, I'm not going to say he's going to have a breakout game, but I think he's going to have, I think he'll break the 200-yard threshold. I think they're going to come out and throw the ball. And I think this is going to be a confident game to where they can go in, you know, at home again against Detroit next week and look to get to 5-5. Five and five. So that's that's my predict- prediction, uh, prediction, if I can even say that word. I think this is going to be one of the more filthy games you've seen in a long time. If you like defense, you're going to love this contest. I'm going 13-7 Bears. I haven't picked the Bears in three weeks to win, uh, and they proved me wrong twice. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here at home at Soldier Field against a, a Packers team uh, that doesn't have Aaron Rodgers, and they're coming off a short week and has a, has a really suspect defense. I think this is a really good opportunity for the Bears to get themselves near 500 and potentially into a playoff race in the second half of the season. That's it, guys. Thank you for hanging out with us for the last 45 minutes. Give Aaron a follow on Twitter at AaronLemmingNFL. You can follow me at Bear Report. Check out all our work at BearReport.com as well as our Bear Report Facebook page. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And come talk to us every day on the Bear Report message boards. We'd love to hear from you. That's it, guys. Have a great week. Hopefully we're talking about a Bears win next Monday. Have a good one. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.